Today's episode is brought to you by Batch Leads. Receive 5,000 property records for free. Go to batchleads.io forward slash Dave or use code Dave when signing up. For using this special offer, you will receive a seven-day free trial to check out the system for yourself. You will also receive 5,000 property records included for free. Within this system, you can skip trace your leads, stack your list, cold SMS your motivated seller leads, and send direct mail directly from the platform. So head on over to batchleads.io forward slash Dave or use code Dave at checkout to receive 5,000 free property records plus a seven-day free trial. All right, guys, welcome back. Dave and Mike are here to talk about how to do double closings. We get questions a lot, actually, from people that uh, send us messages and they say, hey, this wholesaling thing sounds awesome. How does the double closing work? Or how are you guys able to double close? So this is actually the strategy and the method in which we're able to flip properties with little to none of our own money. So how is it possible for me to go buy a house for 200 grand or in this case, lock it up with a contract and then sell this property with maybe only $10 or $50 or $100 of my money, right? In some cases, none of my own money, right? It's cool. It's very it's cool. It's a really cool thing to do. Very cool. This is the thing that, um, I guess before I learned it, I just always remember like, hearing about this on the late night infomercials and being like, oh, that's so fake. Like, nobody does this. Yeah, like, nobody can... <laughs> that's such, such a good point. It's such BS. Like, you can't buy a house without any money. Well, you can. And you can, And we actually. do it all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've got so many cool ways that we buy houses without using our own money. It's just, it's just fun. Uh, the double closing is one strategy. Now, this is really implemented in our wholesale business, double closings, right? Because we're not actually going to own that property long term mm. but we are going to flip it yeah we just control right? it we control it right so what is a double closing dave let's just describe it real quickly yeah and then we can talk more about specifics of how to do it how to line it up all that stuff got it so the double closing is typically facilitated by a title company or a closing attorney and what happens is you line up your a to B contract with your B to C contract. So I'm going to dive into that and explain that a little bit more here. But essentially, you go out and find a motivated seller. You're a wholesaler, right? Put yourself into our shoes. You know, you're a wholesaler. So you go out and you find a great deal on a property and you get a contract on it. So now you have control. Okay. You then market that contract to purchase that property, right? Some people will say, well, you got to market that property. That's fine. But really, you're marketing that purchase contract. And you maybe let's say that you find a buyer and they're willing to buy it from you, right? Let's put it, let's make it real. Okay. So you, listener, found me and I am a motivated seller. I love it. Okay. So I am A and you are B. Okay. So you, as the wholesaler, are B and I am the seller A. So you get that A to B contract. We now have a contract in place where I'm selling to you at a great price because I say, I just need to get rid of it. I don't have the money to fix this house up. Yeah, I relocated from my job. I'm moving next week. I need I to get it. rid of this 
today. 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 Can you buy it today? No, sir. I'm going to have to go through a title company. But I can do it in a week or two. It's going to take me about a week. All right? So you say, awesome. So we lock up this $100,000 house, or you do, with me for $50,000 because, shoot, man, the roof's shot. It needs a new bathroom. Everything needs updating. But again, it's in you know structurally sound. You got this property at a great price, $50,000. So that's our AB contract. That's your AB contract. Okay. Now okay. you tell Mike that you're going to close on, I'm just going to throw a random date out, March 23rd. Okay. So I say great, March 23rd. That's perfect. in a week or two from now. I'm going to be busting on out of here uh, because I got a new job. I got to go. All right. Now you, as the wholesaler, you be as the wholesaler, then you start marketing this property and you find Dave. All right, Dave, what do you do? What was the price? Fifty thousand. I've got it for well. So, he's got it for fifty. Yeah, the, the, the our listener, story. our listener has it for fifty. So they marketed it for sixty, sixty-five grand. I come in, I say, hey, this has still got a lot of meat on the bone at, at sixty grand, right? I'll, I'm going to pay essentially ten thousand over what you're willing to pay, and you say, okay, great, send me a contract. So now I'm going to send you, the listener, a contract for sixty. You, the listener, already have a contract to purchase this property from Mike at. 50, right? You then take both of those contracts to a title company or a closing attorney. You line them up, right? You, you have the closing dates on the exact same day in the future, right? Uh, what we say? March 23rd? March 23rd. That's the sure, date we're going to be closing. So, so as long as I'm okay closing on March 23rd with you, the listener, and you, the listener, have talked to Mike, the seller, who's willing to close on March 23rd, great. We've lined those up. March 23rd comes around. I show up to the title company to buy this property and I bring in $60,000 in cash or a cashier's check most likely or a wire and you are going to do a double close. So you're going to purchase this property with my money essentially and then you're going to sell it to me. You're going to use my money. Some areas, some states, some title companies, some attorneys may require transactional funding. Where we live, we don't have to deal with that. We can actually use the end buyer's money. So look in your own area to determine what the rules are. But essentially, that's a double close. Now, you're going to be closing twice, hence double close. Therefore, you are going to have double the costs. So that's one of the advantages of using an assignment, which is another way to do a wholesale deal. Well, here, Dave, before we get into that, let's talk more about the double close and the specifics of the double close and how to do a double close. Because I know you out there, as the B wholesaler, are wondering, well, wait a minute. What if the buyer and the seller meet? Aren't they going to be mad? They're gonna be pissed off at the title company. We're all sitting around joking, and they say, "Hey, I'm paying 65 grand, and my and I'm sitting there only getting 50 grand." Aren't they gonna be pissed off? Nope. And no. That's because the double close typically doesn't happen right at the exact same time. They happen an hour later, two hours later from each other. I mean, essentially, sometimes we'll even have the buyer and the seller come in, but they'll sit in different rooms, so we can do a simultaneous close. But they don't know like what's on the first sale agreement is between me and that person. And what's on the second sale agreement where I'm buying it um, is between me and you as the the listener here, right? So they don't, that's a great point, Mike. They don't ever know until, you know, maybe later they will, but it doesn't matter because you're solving problems. You're you're creating a win-win and that's what matters. Right, so they don't have to. They don't have to. So, well, wait a minute, but do I have to schedule all this? Do I have to coordinate all this? Do I have to do, no. So you as the wholesaler, what Dave was talking about was lining up those contract dates. That's important. It's important that everyone is on the same page, kind of around the same closing date. But then you bring it to the title company and you tell the title company, here's what I'm doing. I'm buying this property and I'm flipping it on the same day. Can you help me facilitate this? And if it's an investor-friendly title company, a company that's dealt with wholesaling real estate in the past, they're going to know what to do. 
So you want to find a good title company that's done this before. Listen to other guys in your area who are wholesaling. Talk to other wholesalers. Find out where they're closing deals because that title company is going to know what's going on. Not all of them do it. Not all closing attorneys do it. They, don't, they just aren't familiar with the process. So you don't want to be educating the title company. You want to find a title yeah, company. Yeah, find that, one that knows this. That can help you do this, especially when you're new to so it. That's such a good when point. When you've done it 100 yeah. times, then sure, you can you can probably work with any title company. They'll figure it out. You can help them do help it. Help them do it. But in the beginning, let them help you. Exactly. And they will help you, and that's the whole point. You don't have to talk. Again, you should be in communication with your seller and your buyer, and you should be kind of figuring out who's closing when. Typically speaking, it's going to make things easier because your seller, the motivated seller, they usually want to check. They usually want that money when they're signing. They want it right away. So it's going to make it easier if you try to get those funds to the title company prior, meaning you want your end buyer to close first. Hmm. So again, that's going to make it a little bit easier on you. Because then the seller can leave with the money. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to have to get come back and pick up a check or wait for a wire or get it in the mail. Again, not not the end of the world. I mean, typically we try to tell, hey, our seller, hey, we're going to close on or around this date. That way, if it doesn't happen on that exact day, they're not coming back at us being like, hey, what the hell's going on? Instead, we just say, hey, we're going to shoot for this day. But if our buyer needs another day or two or three, that way we, we're not, you know, being transparent helps a lot. And that's, that's really, I think, the point that I'm trying to make. But yes. the question that we get over and over is, how do you double close or how do these double closings work? And really the simple answer is you get two contracts, one to purchase the property and then one to sell the property. Or another way to look at it is you have one contract that gives you the ability to control it and then another contract that gives you the ability to sell that control. And that's it. That's really what it is. And then you take those to a title company or a closing attorney and it's really their job to schedule these things and make calls to the seller or the buyer or whoever and make sure that they have all the paperwork that they need, which is typically just some information, a social security number, maybe some LLC docs or an EIN number, but they are going to help coordinate. Now, they may reach out and ask you for some information, so you want to be there to assist them, but just understand that you are paying them to facilitate and close this transaction, so really it's their job to do so. They may need your help, contacting a seller or a buyer or getting an address or an email, but that's about it. Typically what happens is they take over and they make those calls and they schedule those times for them to come in. What am I missing? Well, and a lot of time, I'm just going to keep with that thought process. It's not your business. If the property is owned in an LLC, they're not going to ask you for the LLC operating agreement documents. It's not your business how that buyer or seller has their stuff set up. And how they settle it. You've and, got a contract right. to buy and sell. So the title company then gets that information. That's their job. You're paying the title company to do this. Their job is not just, again, facilitating this close. It's figuring out all these legal things that have to happen in the background to make sure that, again, you've got a clean title transferred and money transferred. They're an escrow agent, essentially. So they're making sure that everything is transferred, recorded correctly for you, for your seller, for your buyer. It's one of the reasons we use title companies um, in addition to the fact that we're able to do some of these double closes a little bit more creatively. So Absolutely. So, Mike, I mean, questions are coming to mind already mm -hmm. from just what we said yeah. and put out. I'm already thinking about the people that are going to respond back with questions. So I'm going to put myself in the shoes of our audience and I'm going to just ask always, you man. questions. Always. Right. So, OK, cool. Hey, hey, Mike and Dave, that sounds great. What about the liens on the property? Exactly. And that's what we were just touching on is that 
That's why we use a title company. Who pays the liens? So liens are recorded against the property or the owner of the property, and they're cleared at closing. What does that mean, cleared at closing? It means they come out of the seller's proceeds. So in our previous example, if I had a $2,000 tax lien that was on this property and a $1,000 sewer lien on this property, the title company should find those things. That's their job. That is their job. So when they see those liens recorded, I have to pay them, but I don't have to come out of pocket. It's going to come out of the closing proceeds. You as the seller so in they're this scenario. Come, so again, there's documents involved in this. So the the document on that on my side is going to say, well, I sold it for fifty thousand, but I have to pay a two thousand dollar sewer lien, and I have to pay a thousand dollar MSD. So lien. your net. So my net comes down to forty seven minus the cost of so the title. So Dave, as the buyer in that example, he didn't have to come up from nope. his sixty or sixty five, whatever number we used. It stays the same. That's what Dave is paying for the property. Yep. The wholesaler, their spread isn't affected either because it comes out of the seller side. So the liens are cleared on the original The purchase. title company finds them and then they add them in to be paid at settlement, right? So next question comes to mind, Mike. Well, what happens if your offer is less than what they owe? Well, that can be a problem. So but it's not though. It, it can, can be. be. Right. So- and, we and do this, this all the time. This comes up a lot when people are like, well, shoot, this person owes 70000 and I can only pay 60000 for the property. This will never work. Okay, great. Then don't make your offer because I'll tell you what, Dave and I are going to come in. We're going to offer sixty. We're going to clean up on these deals. It doesn't happen every time. It will not happen every time. But oftentimes, but sometimes, the seller. So let's go back to our example. You owe fifty five. Well, I owed yeah, let's, yeah. And I and, and and you, the listener, offered fifty, and we already agreed to it. And you're like, I can't come up any. This is it. Fifty grand is the most I can pay. So the title company. But if Mike really me, wants to sell, they send me my settlement statement, and it says that Mr. Seller, to sell this house, you have to bring us a check for five grand. What? Because you have to pay off the lien, the mortgage that's there, and if that number is greater than or equal to, really greater than, it's never equal to ever. If it's greater than, then the seller has to bring those proceeds to the table. Now, this happens actually quite a bit, right? Dude, we had two back to back. We had two one in week. one week that they each brought like 40,000, 38,000 and 42,000, yeah, something like that, to the table to sell us a property. So this does happen actually quite frequently, right? So question number one I had was... Um, Leans. What about the debts? Mm -hmm. Question number two was, what if those debts are higher than your offer? The next question would be, does it matter if it's a title company or a closing attorney? No. Why? Next. <laughs> you don't like that question, do you? No, no. the reason is because is each state's a little different, guys. Some states require an attorney. Other states have title companies. Other states have both. Typically, title companies are owned or affiliated with an attorney. They all have not attorneys. always, yeah. but most of the time they're owned by attorneys. Um, so they're involved in the case. Mike and I are located in Missouri. In our state, there's both closing attorneys and title companies. We've used both. However, 99% of the time we use a title company and the title company facilitates the entire transaction. So next question that comes to mind. Why is it so important to use a title company? And I'm going to help you with this answer, but it has to do with a policy. Okay. So my – So let me, let me rephrase. I got it. Why is it required for Mike and I? We will never buy a property outside of a title company. We may sell one, but we will never, ever, ever, ever buy a property outside of a title company or a closing attorney. It's even, it's even simpler than that, Dave. 
over the, and I'll get to what you're talking about mm-hmm. with the policy, um, because of the liens, I'd say it's the most simple question why we will never purchase a property outside a title company. We want someone to research the chain of title, research that property, and find out if there's liens attached to it. If we buy a property for $20,000 and we pay up an individual $20,000 outside of a title company, and then we find out there's a $3 million lien against <laughs> the property, well, guess what? We don't own that property. That person with the lien does. Because we ain't get, we aren't coming up. Yeah, with title can't transfer. It's not a clean title. Pro- properly, cleanly, and whenever you have a title transfer that was done incorrectly or uh, wrong, it's going to slow down the buying or the selling of that property down the road. And whenever you go through a title company, and often closing attorneys may offer this as well, but they actually offer an insurance policy called title insurance, mm-hmm. right? And that insurance policy protects you um, of any unfound encumbrances or liens, which is really just like mortgages or debts, could be judgments even, that are on that property. So when you go through a title company, not only are they insuring that all the previous debts are going to be paid off and that the name on the on the record of that ownership transfers from them to you or you to someone else. Uh, but also they give you an insurance policy against that. So if anything was missed, unfound, overlooked, so on and so forth, you are covered to be able to sell that property. And it's the title company or closing attorney's job at that point to go clear those things that may be that may have been forgotten. Now, it's pretty rare that stuff happens um, that a title insurance policy is needed. But just like any insurance policy, guys, this is an investment. Because if you get stuck with the property that you can't sell, then you're sitting on a massive at, a massive liability right there. Money's going out. You can't sell it. Maybe you can't even rent it. Who knows? But you know, having the title insurance is very, very, very important. So the question that we have in, in mind here is how do double closings work and how are the contracts set up? I think we've done a pretty good job of answering you have an A to B contract and a B to C contract. You're in the middle. You line those up. That's how it works. Don't think that you need to know any more than that. Because again, if you hire a title company or a closing attorney and you have those two contracts, just bring them to them and they will help you get to the finish line. That is their job. Literally, you don't need to know anything else than what we've just talked about in the last 17 minutes. In terms of double closing, 100%. go find these people in your area. I was going to say, I think the most important part that uh, we skip over when we start getting into the details here of double closings and how you close is finding the deal. That's the most important part of wholesaling. That's it. Finding those deals, guys. Get out there and find the deals. Uh, Figure out the details on your way to the finish line. I think the point you're trying to make here is, guys, this is a great question to ask, Mm -hmm. but it's irrelevant if you don't have an A to B contract or a property under contract. You can't sell what you don't have. You can't mark up what you don't have. So this is a great point, Mike. So many times we get people questioning, sending over questions, and we encourage it. So if you're listening to this, send them over to us. Email, text, go over to Anchor. You can even do a voice message that will play on this podcast, right? But the question often is, is where do I start? And what if I don't know how to do this, 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 this? Well, that's great. We want to teach you all those. And those are things that you need to learn. But none of that matters if you don't have a deal. And the best way to find a deal is to go market to motivated sellers, 
That's the number one thing. You don't even need to focus your time and energy on learning how to estimate repairs or even make offers if you don't have anybody to make an offer to or a property to try to determine those repairs. So start with marketing. And then from there, you can learn how to do the double closes down the road. It's a great question. I'm glad we talked about this, but I really want to take it back, guys. This is the marketing business. Do not forget that. In order to do anything in this business, you have to find a motivated seller and then everything else will fall into place. Thanks for listening, guys. Signing off.